Hello, 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 and welcome again. I'm your host, Namita Ramani. Welcome to Successful Marketing for Small Businesses podcast. I'm also the founder of Above Digital. And today we have a very, very freaking healthy guest, entrepreneur and founder of Freaking Healthy, Roy Koyis. Roy has studied from Concordia University in Montreal, Canada, and as per my research, joined Johnson & Johnson Medical Devices in 2003, where he almost worked for 15 years split between vision care and diabetes solution. Uh, when he joined diabetes solution about two years after working at the diabetes uh, section of the company, he decided to quit his comfortable corporate job of 15 years to open his own venture, Freaking Healthy, uh, with a strong push from his wife, Rosalia. Let's hear this story uh, from Roy on how he decided to become an entrepreneur. And now it's been almost three years he's an entrepreneur. And how far, how has the journey been so far? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Nice introduction. Thanks for that. <laughs> Short introduction because yeah. I wanted to hear a lot uh, from you about your journey. So sure. I didn't really speak everything, whatever I found on internet about you. Not much online, not much online. I was struggling. Yes. <laughs> Usually preparing for a podcast takes me some time as yeah. I'm researching on the guests, but I'm, I dig, dig, digged. <laughs> and I found a few things about yeah. you, which I shared. Yeah. Um, you came to Dubai in 2002 and 2002, yeah. Johnson & Johnson So straight from Montreal, uh, maybe it's good to give you a bit of a background. So yeah. I'm, I'm Lebanese by origin, um, born in Saudi, and uh, the family moved around quite a lot. So we lived in the Philippines for a couple of years, uh, lived in Holland for a couple of years, then uh, um, Lebanon a few years, then back to Saudi, and then finally ended up in Montreal in 1987. Why were you guys moving everywhere? What is your yeah, father doing? Yeah, so, so my dad was in the travel business. So hence Lovely. the traveling, he was in corporate. Yeah. Um, then he opened up his own business in, um, I think, 1988 in Montreal. And uh, sorry, we lived there for, I think, 18 years. Uh, no, 15 years, 16 years we lived in Montreal. I moved to Dubai in 2002, end of 2002. Mm -hmm. And a month later, I joined corporate Johnson & Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get in there? Straight. What is your education background, so, uh, if I may ask? Good question. I, I did have two degrees. One is hotel restaurant management and the other one is business degree. So uh, in John Molson School of Business, which is an arm of the business arm of Concordia University. Mm -hmm. um, so how to get in? I think um, I came in 2002. Dubai was very different back then. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of options, uh, a couple of corporates. And I think um, the company I chose fit what I wanted from growth perspective. It was a young, um, it was a young division, uh, very close knit, and I saw the opportunity. Hence, there was a lot of um, opportunities for promotions and growth and cross-functional learning, and that was what was attractive about the, the company. Yeah, <laughs> fifteen years, long time. It is, but it's you know to be honest, it passes so quickly. Yeah, it does. especially in Dubai, time just flies. Yeah, you know it's it's never downtime. Yeah, constantly on the move and very diverse market, so it's a new experience, different functions, new experience in different functions. So, you know, you never get bored. Um, you mentioned comfort. It is comfort, but it's still you know corporate is hectic. Yeah, corporate's hectic. A lot of uh, targets to meet and. Oh uh, yeah, numbers. It's all about the numbers. It's all about the numbers. Yeah. I think that's where the vision for Freaking Healthy came from, the diabetes section that you were working for. That was part, part of it, yes, correct. Um, so the, the region here is 25% uh, diabetics with probably another 25% undiagnosed. So huge diabetes wow. issues. Um, probably 30% obesity rates, um, mostly because of sedentary lifestyles, poor diet, but it all comes down to education. 
awareness and education. Um, so yeah, Freak and Healthy was born partly because of that and partly because intrinsically I really wanted to also do um, something that I feel passionate about. I think it comes down to passion uh, for me and it comes down to my self journey. So I went through a quite a nice development journey myself. Do you uh, have a chef? Like, have you got a food-related background at all? Um, yeah, slightly I do because of my education. Um, but I will, I will quickly ask again. Yeah. Uh, the first degree you mentioned was hotel and restaurant management. Yes, yes. hotel and restaurant management. Yes. But you didn't use that at all. Um, just... Not much. I actually did internships, and they wanted to hire me actually in Dubai. Mm, I just okay. didn't like the industry. I think it looks nice and shiny from the outside, but when you get in, that wasn't for me. So in hotel management degree, you actually go through various programs. All. You housekeeping, all. you do chef, yes. you went through all the training. All, yes. Which was your favorite part? Um, no, it was, it was, that was nice. Uh, I love the kitchen. I love the environment of the kitchen. Um, I think you have a, a nice, um, it's tough. I think the kitchen is the toughest place in, in the hotel. Um, but it's a nice group. Once you gel with the team, it's quite nice and it's very creative. Uh, but I also enjoyed the customer facing piece. You know, I think because of my background cross-cultural, I love meeting people. I like connecting with people. That's something I really like. And I tried to bring that into the brand. And I'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah. When did the idea actually start coming in you that this is what I want to do? Should I ever leave corporate? Yeah. So I think... Um, because there's tons of opportunity to get into once you have that uh, kind of experience. Uh, 100%. So, so it was a decision of do I continue in corporate um, elsewhere? Do I continue with the same company or do I really do what I been wanting to do for a while so I've always had this entrepreneurial bug if you want to call it that yeah um, I've always tried projects while in corporate and I wasn't running them myself but it was always side projects that uh, I had partners run and it's something that really excites me it's something that I love to do you know um, build something from scratch I think from from corporate perspective you have the full support system you have a brand created you just have to like excel in sales and and drive new markets but starting something from scratch you feel really fulfilled um, and it's something that I wanted to do for a few years now and I think um, the time came in 2017 mm -hmm. when it was time to make a decision um, and I've been planning this by the way for two years mm -hmm. before the jump and I think this is important for young entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs to kind of realize a lot of times you hear people say just jump into it you know like take the first step and jump to it but like you need to plan it yeah. you know at the end of the day, I planned it for two years and made sure I had the, some safety nets financially because also you have families, you have responsibilities. And then you make that switch over. Yeah, you can't just, you know, drop everything and, and start a business from scratch if you have kind of the responsibilities around you. Absolutely. So 20, 2015, I think I made up my mind um, that I wanted to leave corporate. 2017 was the, the trigger date. I think March 2017, that was my last day. <laughs> Freaking healthy was born. Yeah. Yes. It was born much before in your heart and in your 100%. kitchen, I'm sure. Did you did For you sure. create your own products? Did you kind of come up with them or you yeah. outsourced everything? Good question. So the way I like to work with the brand is, and I, I try to bring some of my cultural experiences mm -hmm. into the brand. Um, we you, have are, this, you have vast cultural I do, you know, and I enjoy that, you know. And I, so I, I brought in, uh, we made this program, we created this chef-made program where we collaborate with young chefs that probably don't have that platform to create a really amazing, delicious, clean recipes. Mm -hmm. And that also brings in their different experiences from outside, from different countries, different backgrounds. Um, they work with different chefs, um, different restaurants, etc. We bring them in, we collaborate with them on recipes, and we shortlist recipes. And the ones that really make our shortlist, we launch. 
Uh, you can find more on our website. We call it Chef Made, but that's the way I like to work. Mm -hmm. Now, we've made stuff in-house as well. Yeah. We create a lot in-house, but I, I think I get the more joy when I see that community being built. Yeah. That's what we're about. Build that community. Yeah. So all the chef, all the young chefs who are exploring and looking out for, uh, they can apply. Definitely. Come. Yeah, why not? For sure. We have some news coming in the next month or so. So interesting Stay so we have a lot of new amazing freaking healthy products coming you in. will definitely i have tried your macadamia nuts and i've tried ah. your peanut butter bites how do you like those yeah i like those ones <laughs> thank <laughs> you also tried your bars the one with the coconut in the middle yes the dark chocolate bars yes but uh, yes. my favorite one is the peanut butter one yeah so far. i like the coconut delicious yeah yes <laughs> so how is it setting up the company in this market in uae would you go through a lot of challenges um, registration and not so much, to be honest. I think it's, um, it's um, okay, let me rephrase that. I think I underestimated some of the challenges. Um, and again, it depends, uh, depends like what you, what you plan out to achieve. For me, it was, I wanted to do everything myself, um, set up um, a facility, warehouse operations. And then you sit down and realize, you know, that's a waste of time and, and most likely a waste of your resources. You're not the expert in those areas and find someone that you can outsource these actions to. So at the end, I outsourced things that I wasn't passionate about and I wasn't, I wasn't an expert on. Like um, what was Production. Uh, like actually- The chefs mass and the- Chefs, like recipe creation, I, I love, but you know, I, I, I wanted someone that really brings also their passion and insights into recipe creation. Yeah. And for me, it makes sense that there are different views and characters behind each product, not just Roy's, yeah that creates that little it uplifts the brand and yeah. the recipes and you'll see from yeah. one to the next it's a very different approach um the other one is um is scaling the business maybe mass production so i partnered with a great company here mm -hmm. and and they're now my business partners and yeah. we create it's baklava made better right? bmb group yeah, yeah, BMB group, yeah. yeah. bilal and Mohammed. yeah awesome guys yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. i was going to come to it much later okay. but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so you partnered with them and yeah. they did the rest of the yeah, so we're now now we're we're both in freaking healthy. But that uh, was when they partnered with you after um, twenty eighteen. So after a year. Yeah, I mean, it took it took it took a while to get the first recipes ready. Set, yeah, okay. so we some of the products uh, took us like seventy nine recipes to get them right. So it's not just drag and drop, and that's a recipe with seventy nine iterations of one recipe to get it right. So it took a while yeah. to make sure we test it. Uh, claims are clean. Ingredients are right, and um, we're fully transparent. And uh, 2018, we partnered, and that and that's it. how you launched. So you launched from yes. the beginning. You ha you yes. had a partner. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. The what about all the other aspects of packaging and everything? That is all taken care of by the BMB Group. And so we do we do everything in house. Yeah. So I sit with the designers. We have a great design team. Um, Everything's done in-house from scratch. So it's like really Dubai made yeah, like from scratch, you know, from anyway. from chefs to like the packaging design. Everything is here. The only thing that's probably outsourced from outside is our ingredients, obviously. Right. So we source ingredients from outside. Yeah. Then what yeah. about the carbon footprint that it comes with? I mean, look, as uh, that's something that we there's always on our table. Uh, yeah. That's one of the big discussions, the sustainability, carbon footprint, recyclable material. I think the region's getting closer more, more, yeah, yeah, to, to making it a reality. Also from cost wise, I think it's uh, pretty expensive right now. Yes. You know, and our objective is really to approach this category and make it available to more people. You know, we're, we don't want to be premium, but we want to also be 
know, high value and yeah. bring people into the healthy category. That's our aim. So can I ask, what kind of investment does this kind of a business need from the start? Like when yeah. it, until you had the BNB group, yeah. what projection had you uh, done in your mind? What will invest? Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot. So for me, I think there are, let me take a step back. I think um, you need to look at what's your burn rate uh, personally. So like what financial cushion do you need per month and how long do you need that for without generating income? Uh, you're not going to generate income in year one, probably not in year two. And if you're lucky in year three, and again, uh, depends on your, your model. So I think number one is what's my burn rate and how do I make sure I get that? Do I, did I save it before or do I have any other means of revenue? Um, you might have a spouse or a partner that's, you know, supporting, yeah. or you might have some sort of like, um, I don't know, um, savings, savings or yeah, stocks to, 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 to sell. So that's the first one. Then it's like, what does the business need in year one, year two, and year three? I think you need a three-year plan. Now, obviously the plan's not gonna, it's not gonna stick to it 100%, plan, yeah. but at least you have an idea um, from everything from registration of the company. Um, to ingredient sourcing, to packaging. Um, now, the biggest expense in, I think, year two would be also a listing. You know, you're going to list them in the modern trade. That's a lot of money. Uh, so you have to budget for that. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, what's the marketing budget? So how are you going to create awareness? Yeah. You know, a lot of people think the journey is over once it's on shelf. Yeah. That's when the journey from, starts. Yeah. That's <laughs> when the journey starts, you know, uh, shelf offtake awareness, um, sampling, there's a lot that goes in it. Yeah. So you guys have, uh, you have multiple product lines, multiple verticals in your We do, yeah. we do. I think it was essential. When, um, when we first started, we started with the superfood bars, okay? okay? Now, if you think about it, that's pretty niched. You know, we had goji berry, the matcha, mm -hmm. the raka cow, um, and those are, not too many people knew those ingredients three years ago. And that was, that was on purpose. So we really wanted to approach it and target the really healthy consumer that's really educated and knows what they're eating. After a while, once we established that foothold in the healthy sector, we wanted to expand our range. So we're a bit more indulgent, if you call it that now, yeah. but still very clean and mm -hmm. very healthy. So we've introduced a number of products. Uh, I think uh, we're up to more than 30 SKUs now. And uh, I think it's just the beginning for us. We really want to be um, everywhere for everybody and at a really strong price point. And we want to make sure that we also break through. This is, I think the population here, um, I would say like 40, 50% are really intending to get healthy, but they don't have the means. Yeah. And when I say healthy, I'm not only talking about nutrition. It's like lifestyle. Yeah. You know, mental health, spiritual, if you call it that, or energy, and yeah. also nutrition um, and lifestyle. So I think that 45% is our target audience. How do you bring them into that sector? But don't you think it's so, having so many uh, product lines, so, uh, you said about 50, 45? Um, it's a lot 30 plus SKUs, yeah. 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 So it's a lot of SKUs, to, a lot of products to look after and a lot of different markets because I'm sure there's a true. range which is for a particular type of a market. Yeah, true. Which means yeah. you have to spend that much time, energy and money to get true. these people, um, attract these people to consume your product. True. Look, um, again, I think if we were in, in different regions, you know, one line might suffice, but I think being in the Middle East with very diverse palettes and there's a lot of different kind of um, education levels, 
it's good to cater to more people. We're managing it pretty well, yeah. um, and we we pick our investments. You know, we 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 study the market. We do a lot of sampling, market research before we launch something. It's important that we get those insights before yeah. we can say, okay, let's spend the money and put it in market, and it's not going to work. That's how I tried your product, by the way, as a sample. Where did you try it? I was uh, in JLT doing some yoga, okay, uh, cult fitness, I think. Yeah. And nice. they were sampling. There was this. Uh, there was this moon yoga. Yeah. And uh, we had all these. I'm like, what is this bar? Nice. And we had juices and everything. It was delicious. I'm like, we need to try this nice. again. Yeah. Although I'm a big fan and loyal of uh, Protein Bake Shop. I love yeah. their peanut balls yeah. as well. Yeah, peanut butter good. balls. Yeah, they're good. So uh, that was one of my questions uh, in the yeah. conversation. Was sure. going to be that there is already some competition around you who's uh, who has a certain percentage of market share. I would say. Sure. And uh, they have a certain, they have kind of a li- liking or following. Like I'm, I love. And if I like, I go to Zoom in the in the office at four o'clock. Around that time, I'll go down to pick up chocolate. You're four <laughs> and o'clock. I have munchbox. I have protein bake shop, and I have freaking healthy. Right. What do I pick? I'll, sometimes I would want to try different things, but a lot yeah. of time my hand goes on the peanut butter or the dark yeah. chocolate because yeah. I'm so accustomed to that yes. taste. And the, they have actually got, they spread very fast. They are yes. in, everywhere. So are you guys everywhere? True. So how does competition affect the growth? It's a good question. I think, um, I think competition is important. Uh, it's very important for a number of Absolutely. reasons. Um, so one of the reasons the competition is important is if... Um, if you don't have the competition, then you're not innovating. You 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 become very complacent, yeah. and you think you have the market. And who suffers at the end? The consumer suffers. Yeah. Right. The consumer is stuck with one option, and there's nothing innovative coming out. So I think competition is very important. Um, and with competition, you're forced to innovate and come up with something different. Now, on on the flip side, it's also important not to be obsessed with competition because I think some brands are super obsessed with competitors. I think that's a mistake. Um, we need to be aware of where competition is, but let's not obsess. Again, if you obsess, what happens? It's a very vicious loop. Yeah. Everyone's doing what the next guy is doing. Yeah. And again, there's no innovation and nothing new. Um, so we're aware. We think competition is healthy. And I think we want more because we need that category to grow. We're a very small segment, the healthy snacking category. Very small yeah. as comparison to confectionery. Yeah. So... You know, only with more options and competition is that category going to grow. And we need that. So, yeah, no, no, no qualms about competition for sure. It's uh, there's always room for more, I guess. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think, you know, for us, the objective is really more people into the healthy category, um, healthier lifestyle, healthier living and well-being. So I think this is what we want to do. Was it very difficult to enter the market, like getting into Zoom? I think so far I've seen you in Spinney's. I've seen Zoom, I think in Carrefour. Yeah. Yeah. How difficult was it to enter? That? I mean, it's it's again, where do you want to enter and what's your strategy? So I think... Um, so what was your strategy? So for us, we really want to build a strong foundation, you know. And for me, what's really important is building something sustainable. Um, yeah. And it's not just about, you know, the buck, if, if that's a phrase. It's not about just the money. Uh, for us, it's really changing people's eating and snacking habits. And yeah. it's important. It's a tough task. It, it is a tough task. It is yeah. a tough task. And hence the range, right? So hence yeah. the range. Um, if someone doesn't come in on that range, they might try that range. So yeah. we want people to start that journey. Um, so what's really important is building that community health-wise. So we, I want to invest behind those touch points, like the sampling activities and bring people into the brand. And it's really important for me to also have discussions with consumers. So I do a lot myself. Yeah, so I, I love to do markets. 
Um, I'm not just uh, an entrepreneur behind a laptop and just looking at my financial spreadsheets every day. That doesn't happen um, because it's uh, you have to be passionate about it. Yeah. You really have to be passionate about what you do. So when we decide on which strategy, which touch points to go, we want to make sure that we also grow it and it's a strong foundation. So, you know, easy come, easy go. If, if I'm spreading myself too thin, um, before you know it, it's going to dissipate. So... But how challenging was it to enter these? Because I've heard, one, do you have to register your products, by the way? Just like how any beauty product, you have to register with DM. Yeah, DM. Do yeah. I misspelled it, for sure. Yeah, yeah so you so have to register the food products as yes. well. Everything is registered with yes, the municipality. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, you register everything, so they check the ingredients. And everything, yeah, for they sure. go through the process. Yeah, you okay. have to. Um, so, because um, I've heard it's very challenging to enter Carrefour, to enter Spinney's, to enter these big supermarkets for any product. Um, I think it's getting more challenging. I think maybe many years ago um, it was easier. a bit easier. <laughs> yeah, because there was a lack of international brands and lack of local brands. It's more challenging and, and hence you also need something unique. You know, you need something unique. But also these major retailers are looking for how are you going to support the brand? Okay, you're on shelf. What are you going to do? Like, how are you going to support it? You're going to invest oh, okay. behind it. What are you going to, how is this brand going to move from my shelf? You'd, you'd think the same thing. Um, so what, they, what do they expect you to do? A number of things. So um, create awareness, um, drive, traffic, okay. yeah, drive traffic to their locations, make sure people know the brand is there, create um, sampling activities, people try it, um, bring in some influencers and promoters to the location. So it's all about offtake. You know, at the end, I said it before, uh, you know, the journey doesn't end with your product on shelf. Mm, it starts, it starts there. there. Yeah. It starts there. So that's our strategy. Make sure that we, whatever customer we're aligned with, we just drive business from there. So, so what is one of the most important marketing that has worked for you? Like you, you're trying sampling, you're trying yeah. all these. What is the best thing that has so far worked for Freaking Healthy? So for me, marketing uh, activity. In, in the initial stages, it was really um, consumer facing activities. Yeah. So being in right market or being, farmers market. Yeah. Or... yeah I think consumer facing and um, you started there, right? I did. Yeah. So we started there. We're still there. Okay. We're still there, and and we love it. We we're part of that uh, community. We we want to get feedback from consumers. The ripe market and the other markets. I've gotten feedback from consumers that have changed formulation to the recipe mm. to that extent. Okay. You know that's a privilege. You know I think when you when you look at it that way. You realize how a lot of entrepreneurs, once they launch a product, that's it. They disconnect from the market. I think that's a mistake. You have to be connected, always connected. And that's what we do. We're, if not in this market, we're in that market. We're always connecting, getting feedback, yeah. changing and educating. So why are we different? You know, how do we produce the product? Where do we source ingredients from? What are we all about? Those are the nice stories that people link to. Yeah. Those are the things consumers remember. Yeah. And now. Uh, how far have you stretched across Middle East? So your your products are available uh, yeah, in other parts of the... They are. So we're UAE, um, Kuwait, uh, okay. Bahrain. Um, Already expanded in these countries. Yes, we are. Yeah. And again, it's 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 um, it's our decision to also build it sustainably. So we're yeah. building it uh, one market at a time. That's how it should be. One market at a time. Yes. <laughs> one of the biggest challenges that... Because I work a lot. You know, it's so interesting and weird, I would say, that we have a lot of guests in our podcast who are restaurant owners and who are um, FM, basically part of yeah. FMCG. Yeah. So we have um, Go Organic, we have yeah. Routine Bake Shop. So yeah. I have all these different entrepreneurs coming in talking about their challenges in yes. running their shows or in their companies. 
And one of the biggest challenges I've seen across in conversations with them, even outside the podcast, is logistics. Mm. Is that somehow one? I'm sure it must be one of your challenges as well. The logistics of making sure the product yeah, is available everywhere on sure. time. Yeah, yeah how, do you, for sure. how do you handle that, and what do you do to overcome? Um, that? So there are many ways. I think um, logistics is just, it's it's key. It's it's part of the I guess the big picture. It's yeah. part it's part of the big picture. But again, um, there are a lot of players now in the market uh, that can support in logistics. Um, for us, we do most of the stuff in UAE internally. Okay. So we have like BNB has their own team. Um, and then we also appointed a distributor. So we appointed a distributor for different channels. And there's also like three PLs, so third party logistics providers that you can also connect to. And they do the warehousing and delivery of your product. Mm-hmm. Depends on the nature of your product. If it needs uh, refrigeration, if it doesn't, if it's uh, dry goods, whatever it is, you'll find support. You will find support. I think it's just a matter of making sure that it fits your strategy. Is that where your customer base is and what kind of logistics provider or logistics solution you need to get it there. So for mm-hmm. us, it's modern trade at the moment and I would call it, let's say, horeca channels. So like restaurants mm, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm curious now that I'm thinking when this con- when you launched this concept, yeah. you didn't because you have done the hotel management and restaurant yes. degree certificate, uh, your, your, your bachelor's yeah. in that. Maybe that gave you a lot of um, background to open something like this. So how to cost yeah. a product, how to think of all these different things. I'm sure BNB also once after a year that they joined in or they took, they became, they partnered with you guys. Until sure. then when you're by yourself, what was the biggest challenges you were facing when you were just, it was Roy running the company? No, I think everything was the biggest challenge. Everything, <laughs> everything. I mean, think about it. So you move from corporate where you have a full support team, everything. You call this one and he's like, you know, you have like people are on the button. for you, 100%, so. you know, and so yeah. like uh, you have your finance, your logistics, your supply chain, you have your accounting Correct. team, you have your procure, everyone's ready. Yeah. yeah. So when you first start, you have no clue where to, like, where to begin. No clue. Um, and it's a lot of calculations, a lot of spreadsheets. A lot of confusion, but at the end of the day, you you also verify them. And it's important to build that nice network, that nice community, someone who's been through it before, and they can guide mm. you. So I was lucky to also have a few people that can also guide me. They've How did you the find gym. them? They're friends or you? Um, How did you meet so these people? It's funny, but like, I think one, when you're looking for something, you just gravitate towards like-minded people. So, mm. you know, and you meet them at different events, entrepreneur events, yeah. uh, uh, talks, um, you know, fireside chats, and you connect with people, and then, yeah. and it's funny, people are willing to help. Yeah. You think that it's it's a big secret? No, people are open, um, yeah. so you learn from them and you build. But then I think once we took off is when we partnered with uh, BNB, yeah, Bilal and Mohammed, and that was a different ball game for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're going to be on the podcast soon, by the way. Are they both? <laughs> I think so. Nice. So we're still talking to them. So nice. I've not yet met them. Usually I do a pre-podcast interview and I've not done that with yes, you. I know because we had the call you love them, yeah. and we connected last year. So, um, yeah. but, uh, I thought, you know, let's, um, let's start with try Roy. different, yeah. but I, I, I prefer having a pre-podcast interview. It really un- makes me, helps me understand. The, no, for sure. Yeah. It sets the foundation a little bit. Yes. It sets the foundation. So, uh, so Bilal and Muhammad, they come with their own set of um, what you call knowledge and yep. reach. Yep. What is Roy's main role now in Breaking Healthy then? So I think for me, um, it's really like I, I'm really passionate about the brand. 
this is something that's really close and they're it's i think probably closer to their hearts now they're they love the brand <laughs> but i think it's uh, for me it's i need to make sure that you know our visions is actually implemented um what is the vision i would love to hear that as well. that is actually one of my questions um it's i'll tell you um so um so for, again back to what what i'm doing so it's really to to bring that vision to market we really want to be the leading health snack provider in the region um and and again it's there's a fine line between a snack and really healthy snack you know what we really want to do is make sure we source the cleanest ingredients and we're fully transparent about what we deliver to the customer and a lot of brands are not by the way and i think with more consumer education people are able to read between the lines what's being claimed and what's not um but again is it's really to create that community around healthy 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 well-being and living and snacking that's my that's my ultimate goal do you think it's becoming a new fad this expensive healthy snacking like it's all about um everybody's talking about keto diets yeah, or paleo yeah. or healthy eating i think diets is one thing um, but i think um clean eating is something different you know i think diets could be fads at some point and i think no diet is you know long term i think it's just if you eat clean and eat whole i think that's the best way to move forward it's more about well-being again we eat we we've been eating a lot of junk you know i think uh, uh preservatives um a lot of uh, allergies now um intolerances so yeah. i think people are trying to clean their system hence you have intermittent fasting you yeah. have keto you yeah. have this you have that you have vegan um but i think it's it's really eat whole yeah. eat clean and i think that's the best uh, the best way to approach your your yeah. uh, i guess your diet plan <laughs> so one of the vision is to uh, the, the vision that you shared can you elaborate like do you have like a five year old plan like five year plan yeah. and a 10 year plan for the brand Yeah so again what we want to do is bring in consumers who are in, uh, intending to be healthy into the healthy segment so whether it's nutrition how would food. you bring them in um, how would you make me become healthier if i love fries i love fries too <laughs> <laughs> but I, i think it's um i think it's about balance you know you you can you can have your fries once in a while by the way fried food is the worst for you i know So um you can have your fried food or your indulgent food but I think if you're um, if most of the week you're eating healthier and you're exercising you're allowed to have that Couple one day. Cheats, yeah. You know, uh, they call it cheat day but I can you have to balance. You have to balance it. So how do I get you into healthy snacking? I think I do it in a few ways. One is first you need to when you taste something you need to really love it. If if I tell you try this brand, it's super healthy and you don't like it. it's going to be a chore for you to have another bite or uh, to buy another bar or snack item but if it's actually tasty and it's clean and it's healthier it's going to be become part of your lifestyle yeah. so i think taste is very important so product is important for us so we spend a lot of time on r&d a lot of time on testing a lot of time on ingredients we test so many ingredients to come up with the final product because if you don't like it you're not going to be a repeat customer so that's one key variable yeah. and obviously the other one is um talking about other aspects of health not just food like i said you know it's also um exercise it's also um um as like mindfulness like it could be in the form of meditation or whatever it is i think those are holistic and that's what the healthy well-being and living is so how are you as a brand 
sharing all this like do you, do you have a youtube channel are you planning to launch one with yeah, all this yeah good related question. information good question. so um i think by the time uh, this video airs um i think we'll you'll be able to see yeah. we're launching a couple of new initiatives around exactly what i spoke about but just okay. getting the community involved in this um you know lifestyle yeah, yeah. you know i read somewhere in the, um, on on when i was researching mm-hmm. On Roy, I found out that Roy didn't take salary for two years from the company. Wow. <laughs> is that true? Hmm. And how sustainable is that? <laughs> I mean, um, so it, you're right. It's true. It's not. Um, and again, it comes back to the, the pre-plan. So that's something that I, I expected and I planned for that financially. Um, uh, it's tough. It's very tough. Um, but it's it's something that um, I felt very strongly about. You know, I, I wanted to make sure that we create... Uh, again, the brand, and we invest behind the brand. And in the meantime, I have my little safety net on the side. So that was uh, by design. Yeah, but it's, usually, it's not easy. It's not easy. That's no. why. Because usually when you read, read business books, one of the things that make you understand is when you start as a solopreneur, and yeah. one person as well, you give yourself salary first. It yeah. goes in your profit and loss yeah. statement. And yeah. that's how you know how much you need to be able to make to pay yourself. You need to pay to the For rest sure. of the people. Yeah. So it was interesting when I heard that. Um, uh, so it's it's about I think for me it's the mindset is um, no matter you know, what this yeah, has to kick off. It has to kick off, and you know to be honest, the first few months I do deliveries myself. I, yeah, samples myself. Um, I I drive to customers and I in my car deliver the product, everything. And I think it's important that you do that. You know, you got to be connected. It's your business. You, you can't just outsource everything and um, sit back so we i do i the first year i think i did almost everything it was uh, it was very tough again coming from you know senior manager in in corporate you know with everything at your beck and call to yeah. going to a place where nobody knows you and yeah. you're actually delivering packages but that's for me i think it builds the, the brand in a different way. It builds that character on the brand. So it was important. And so humbling as well, no? Uh, very. You kind of very. generate new respect for all the small businesses. No, for sure. For sure. <laughs> and I think, you know, your ego does take a hit, but I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's important. You know, a big ego kind of blindsides you to too many things. So, yeah. You know, on this podcast, we love stories, Roy. Sure. So, um, because I believe people connect with stories and they stay within yeah. your mind and you can reflect back and you, you can you get the message more clearly. So sure. one of the uh, questions I would have now is that when you were doing deliveries, had it ever happened that the customer was not happy and they told you on the face, sorry, I don't like this? Has it happened? For sure. I mean, um, so you want a story. <laughs> yeah, think, I would like some nice, think. interesting stories, struggle story. We love stories. So, um, so you know, the bike gets quite hot. Um, it's like 40 plus degrees. Yes. Um, I had this um, I had this delivery once to one of our customers. And for some reason, on the, one of the hottest days in the summer, my air conditioning decided to... Not work. <laughs> break down. And, and funny enough, I was on the highway, so there was nowhere to stop. I didn't like to pull over and stop on the highway. But it just takes like two minutes before you're drenched. Yeah. And the product's already... Hot and hot, yeah. and you know, if you have raw chocolate, it's melting. Mm. Um, obviously, I still made that customer call, and I showed them the product and said, "Obviously, this is not gonna, it's not gonna work. I'm gonna bring what another package for you." Yeah. But I think uh, for them, uh, they appreciated the the fact that I actually came in yeah. all wet with the product, yeah. and we sent another. This is again when I was on my own, yeah. but now with uh, the partnership, it's a different story. But those things are humbling. A lot of times, also, um, customers. 
might not have time for you. They don't mm. want to see you. Um, they don't know who you are. But I think that ego has to be, again, put in the back and and realize where they're coming from. They probably see a thousand customers or a thousand suppliers. Yeah. You're new to the market. So what are you offering? I think it's just being resilient. You know, a lot of times I would just sit in the lobby and wait for people to see me. <laughs> Literally burn the hours waiting for someone to see you. But those yeah. uh, eventually become the most fruitful relationships because they appreciate that you yeah. know, from a founder. That's the life of entrepreneur. I'm sure many it people is. can relate to that. Hundred percent. Yeah. How did you um, approach BNB like to to invest in your product? Like, how did that yeah. happen? So I think it was um, so the investment takes different forms. You know, one's financial, one's know-how, one's sweat, etc. So I think for us uh, with BNB. Um, I think we found a lot of synergies, you know, uh, where they wanted to head and where I wanted to head. So the synergies worked well. And I really got along with both Mohammed and Bilal, like extremely well. Um, and like we aligned on a lot of things at the beginning. And uh, it was a matter of, um, I think, uh, one or two meetings that we decided, you know what, this is this needs uh, further collaboration and a, a stronger partnership. And that's when we decided to go ahead um, and partnering up. Now. There's a lot of uh, conflict uh, in any relationship. I think it's very important because I think without conflict, again, it's um, it's it's not a real genuine relationship. So at the beginning, it was a lot of different visions and um, different ways of working. But at the end, after a while, I think we found our sweet spot and the collaboration has been great since then. So usually um, one of the ways businesses would do is either they will get an investor and run mm -hmm. the show or they will sell the company. I guess in this case, you still want to be the head and the charioteur of the brand and you want to no, lead it. No, for sure. I think it's important. It's important. And I think uh, it's also... your baby. But I mean, it, now it's all our baby. But I think <laughs> they also, they're also very strong about that. They feel very strongly that I also yeah. still lead it because I think it's, you know, it's innate. You know, yeah. I... That's really, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that's the, that's the, I wouldn't call it a compromise. That's where we really gel. We, we know who's doing what, whose role, who yeah. does what roles. I think that's important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, trust me, when you meet them, you'll see how passionate they are about <laughs> it as well. They too. They were yeah. very excited, actually. Yes. And what is the shelf life of Freaking Healthy? Um, different products. So some are 12 months, uh, some oh, okay. are nine. Um, yeah. And again, uh, we do test everything for shelf life. So we even send a lot of our first um, products to the US okay. to get the first testing done in the US just to make sure that it's done properly. But now we do everything in-house. So 12 months to nine months to 12 months, depends. So do you have wastage in your industry? Like, do you have a lot of... Um, wastage in, in production? Expired food? Um, expired products? Again, not, no, not much. And, and that's why we're building it sustainably. So we're not throwing the product everywhere. You're overproducing it. You're producing as per the... 100%. You know, and that's, again, back to strategy. What are we doing? Are mm -hmm. we flooding the market and get expiries in seven months? Or are we building it sustainably? Yeah. And I think people are very anxious. They want to just do it now. And I get that. I get yeah. that it's important. But also you have to look at long term. And we're here for the long term. We're not here. We're not a, what do you call it? Um, a flash in the pan brand. <laughs> yeah, so it's important to look at um, long-term goals for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, one of the things I noticed with Freaking Healthy product pricing is yeah. most competitive compared to all your other counterparts and your competition, mm -hmm. for example. There's yeah. a big difference in the pricing, mm -hmm. almost half, mm -hmm. I think, or mm -hmm. maybe. Uh, yeah, 30%. Maybe. I think it's yeah. about 30, 40%. Yeah. Uh, so, was it 
I would love to hear your, uh, you know, your story behind how you price your product and why did you decide to keep it such yes. a big difference compared to your competition. Yeah. You could have easily managed to be close to because you're using very important, very uh, uh, expensive quality, ingredients, yeah. quality ingredients, yeah. chia seeds and goji berries. They're not cheap. For sure, I'm sure there's a cost, and you have all these other costs of logistics 100%. and so much. So Good question. So, so I think I need to tell you um, how we built freaking healthy. So there are. Um, four major pillars that we wanted to kind of destroy we wanted to break down one is that health foods are tasteless and they taste like uh, cardboard that was very important for us and again i mentioned that earlier you really have to like the taste you have to you have to love the taste so one important thing is taste and and hence the chef made program yeah so we get really quality uh, production and recipes from from our chefs and ingredients so we don't source cheap ingredients like you said we bring in a lot of stuff from the U.S., yeah. from South America. We bring that all in. Um, secondly, um, we wanted to dispel this myth around healthy food is is like an elitist category. It's only for those who know, for those who are into yoga, for those who are into superfoods, for those who can afford it. So we wanted to break that, and we, hence the name. So we also wanted to break that barrier of you know fluffy health foods. We're like we wanted to break and resonate with people. Uh, number three, we also want to make it available in many places. I think three, four years ago, it was very tough to get a healthy snack. And that's one of the reasons that was born out of that frustration for me. Uh, I couldn't eat healthy. I couldn't snack healthy. And number four, which is your point, um, price value. Yeah. Very important. And again, we wanted people to enter that category. If I put the price at a premium, how's that going to work? Who's going who's gonna to buy my product? Again, that small 5% segment. We want to target more people in that 40% segment that can get into the brand and slowly can graduate into a more premium item. So that's the, and how do we do that? Sourcing, yeah. Um, you know, massive, massive, massive procurement uh, processes. Sourcing, packaging. So we, we kind of leverage B&B as well and make sure that we drive that unit cost down. That's very important for us. Yeah, otherwise, how would you make it profitable? One of the other ways yeah. you can make a cheaper product profitable by selling in mass, by heavy For marketing sure. and making like making people consume it more. For so. sure, or or you know, undercutting and and really putting cheap ingredients in there yeah. or fillers, which we don't. So for us, no shortcuts. You know, premium but affordable. So yeah. that's our ethos for sure. It's uh, by the day it's happening that a normal, uh, a general, any chocolate bar versus a healthy chocolate bar are kind of matching the price. Very soon we are going to reach there, I think. I hope so. That's the objective. <laughs> That's the objective. So we really want to yeah. get there. We want people to have that option and we don't want price to be a determining factor. We don't want people to say, oh, this is, you know, 10 dirhams and that's four. I'll go for the four. We want to be at parity and make them make a decision based on health and taste. Yeah. And that's our objective. Yeah. Are you part of any networks? We would love to know what kind of networking organizations you yeah. joined that helped you yeah. get where you are. Um, so for my networking, I think not officially part of any network. Like I said, I do a lot of I do a lot of talks. Uh, I connect with uh, like-minded entrepreneurs, but not officially part of any network per se. Yeah. You know, right now I'm still. I'd think uh, I think I'm I'm more of a a freelancing entrepreneur. So I like to connect with everybody, but um, not tied down to any one or two networks yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just be out in the market, connect with people and 
Where? Where should I go? Um, <laughs> it, it's very simple. There are a lot of um, also events? a lot of events here. A lot of events, entrepreneurial events. There's a lot of um, talks, uh, group talks. Um, um, shared. Do you host some events? Um, as freaking healthy. Or as, or as an entrepreneur or a freaking healthy one uh, not yet no not personally but i've been part of many talks yeah okay uh, i think that's the best way to connect because people also entrepreneurs go to those events to yeah. learn and to connect with people and that's how i started i went to events mm-hmm. i learned from people people connected me and that's how you make your yeah your roots network it's important yeah but you did need your wife's hard push to leave the corporate job and start the company i mean it was um i think yeah i think it was uh, it was important that you know that i included the family in it, a big decision like that like Absolutely. you know there's it's a it's a massive change you know yeah. it's a massive it's change and i think um and it can impact everyone in the family yeah for sure and extended you know it's mm-hmm. it's not only you um yeah. true so it was important to get also the support because we well, i think we underestimate how tough the the journey is at the beginning you know you hear it's going to be tough and you're like yeah I can, i can handle it but you have no clue you know until you really get in um how tough it is and for us as a unit we wanted to make sure that we got support you know we support each other by the way my wife's also an entrepreneur so what she gets she, it what uh, does she, do? she has her real estate company she has um she does uh, investments in portugal and spain okay uh, for resi- residency visas right yeah so she's she's also she gets it she has that mindset as well yeah, yeah. uh do you read books i do what's I do, one of I your do, favorite books that you would like to gift ah that's a good question um what am what's my last book getting to yes very good book mm-hmm. i read um um tim ferriss's books mm-hmm. yeah um i think the one of the first books i read before i jumped was the four hour work week yeah that was nice it's interesting how the previous guest did the same thing really? she read the four hour work week and she decided to quit <laughs> yeah it's amazing so i think i think you need that initial push you know everyone's yeah. thinking about it everyone is thinking like i want to do my own thing but that first step is the toughest it's just you need that first step and after that i think it's it there's no way back you know but entrepreneurship is not four hour work week it isn't it's a 24 at all. hour work even more even more <laughs> i think the book is not about uh, the shorter yeah. work week i think it's about efficiencies you yeah. know and and how to kind of find ways to yeah. leverage what you have and networks and connections that gives you like nice little i would say hacks yeah. to kind of um you know take shortcuts but it's not for sure you work longer and i think even tim ferris works a lot and oh, yeah. long hours because sure. I, i follow him i'm a big fan of his and for i love sure. his podcast and he sends this month weekly mailer mailer in which he whatever he's reading and yeah. my god the man has all the time and doing this podcast wow for sure like, top 5 yeah. it's not for our work week it's for not. him as well i'm i'm sure no i mean <laughs> and if people who follow him and listen to him they know how his, i think his work ethic is second to none you know yeah. i think people just see the you know just see it from a very helicopter view but they don't know what's going behind it i yeah. mean take you You, you know you do preparation for this mm-hmm. it's not like you come on and you free will questions you prepare you research you take notes it takes me weeks to prepare for the shoot 100% you know yeah. and you have a full production you know so <laughs> yeah. it takes work it's not like switch on the camera and let's let's no, shoot right. so i think people don't realize that until you get in it yeah. you know a lot of people see a, let's say a snack on the shelf it's like oh i can do that but there's so much work behind it and you need to be you need to put that effort otherwise it's uh, the quality is going to it's going to show 
even quality in your production is going to show if Absolutely. you don't take that work. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Life is hard work. Everything yes. is work. It Nothing is. comes easy. So much so I as much as I know. So look, and it, it should be that way, don't it, you think? It should be, but I think um, I don't know. Like if I was to ask you. Are you working currently? I don't know if you'd answer me. I'm enjoying. Do you see? <laughs> I think that's the difference, right? I think I think you look happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is your element. Yeah. So for you, I don't think you see it as work. I think you see it as like, this is your passion. Joy. And, yeah. and you're having, and same for me. If you're not passionate about it, yeah. it's work. But if you find what you're really passionate and good at, you find a need in the market and you can monetize it, you're in a sweet spot and I think I uh, know and one of the things that you rightly said is that you have to be passionate you need to love what you're doing but you also need to let go things that you don't like doing for sure exactly what you did exactly like how our other guests do is they let go of the tasks that they are not they are that they are not very good at to write people who are very good at it like how you did with BMB joining PMB and having this partnership to take over a lot of your headaches which otherwise would have taken out of the kitchen and versus doing everything else except building the products 100% I mean also something you're you're not good at something you're not passionate about and some something that someone else is I think better at and have more experience and expertise at so why why hold it you know yeah outsource it give it out or or if not build a team around you that can if you can afford it yeah, if you can afford it you know build a yeah. team I think it's important yeah do you listen to podcasts I do you're gonna, you're gonna be. I'm gonna add you to my podcast list now. Better add it. <laughs> <laughs> right now, yes. we'll add it. Um, so I have I have a few. So I have um, a Tim Ferriss show. I have um, Bulletproof Radio. Mm. Um, Dave Asprey. Dave like Asprey. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have Zach Bush. Um, I have. I, I'm I'm into like um, sports. So there's um, sports wars. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that. No. no. Um, there's a very cool one for all you entrepreneurs. Business wars. Mm-hmm. Super. Super. Mm-hmm. So it uh, it's like a podcast about like big brands and how they fight it out. Uh, it's usually six seven episodes. Very interesting. Um, Business wars. Plant proof podcast, like more like a vegan plant based podcasts. So I listen to an array of things. Um, mm-hmm. Why women win. I think that's one of them. Mm. Um, so it, I'm not, I don't segment. I like to listen to a lot mm-hmm. um, and just learn tidbits. So when I like something on a podcast, I dive in, you know, yeah. I do my research. Then I I connect to a book that they wrote or an article and it yeah. goes deeper down the rabbit hole. So yeah. and there's maybe an hour podcast. You have like 10 minutes. It's like, wow, <laughs> that's a gem. It's like a book, yeah. you know, yeah. you might read it. And there's like one paragraph that really resonates and yeah. I think it's worth it. So Exactly what I, when I'm driving, if I'm cooking, yes. I'm doing anything, I have the podcast going on. And What do you listen to? Tim Ferriss is one of my as favorites well. Okay. as well. Uh, I listen to Louise House, Jay Shetty. I have okay. loads of, I listen to a lot of real estate uh, podcasts. Really? Real estate? Yeah. The Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kosaki has oh. a podcast. I'm a big fan of his. Kind of follow whatever he says. And so far he's pretty good and right. <laughs> How to invest, where to invest, what, like everything. Yeah. I kind of, uh, and I, I'm a big follower of his book, Rich Dad Poor Dad. I teach the game, cash flow wow. game. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, see. so yeah. Um, getting out of the rat race. I make my whole team play the game and my fa- friends and my family. Like everybody played the game to really? understand how to become rich. So, um, um, what's that book, um, Napoleon Hill? Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a key in any library. The Power of Subconscious Mind. Thinking These are some 100%. books that you... 100%. It's all, it's all mind. 100%. Yeah, 
I agree. Even who you are, the way you take care of yourself is mind. It it's is. all the mind game. It is, it is. And I think that's one of the personal journeys I went through when I left corporate. So I spent a couple of months really building myself. So I went through, I never meditated before I started meditation. Uh, I think it was important to ground and really um, drive focus. And I was, it's now a daily ritual. And if I don't, I feel off. Yeah. Um, changed my diet a lot. I cut out a lot of things. Um, so you're plant-based now? Um, not fully, no. No, so I'm more whole foods. Um, I, I went plant-based for a while. I've tried many things, but then I think you find your... Balance. Yeah, your sweet zone. And then mm -hmm. for me, it's like um, a bit of diversity, but also like clean eating. Yeah. Um, and also exercise. But I think, like you said, mind comes first. Yeah. Mind comes first. So you have to be... You know, there's a lot of stresses. If, if you don't clear the mind and calm the mind, you can't achieve at a, at a high level. It's very Absolutely. important. Yeah. What meditation do you do? Do you have a... TM. Okay, I transcend do TM. Yeah. Transcendental I, meditation. Yeah. There's Deepak Chopra one, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I, into Vipassana meditation. Okay, I haven't tried that yet. I think that's the next level. I, I don't know. It's very tough. I find it really extremely tough. I, yeah. do a lot of, I do a lot of serving, but even then as a server, you have to do a lot of... You sit for meditations, but as a student... Yeah, you go, you go silent for 10 days. That's the thing. So I found TM fits the entrepreneurial lifestyle. Yeah. You know, you get 20 minutes and you can, I mean, you have to find 20. So yeah. wake up early, do 20. If you have another 20 during the day, do it. But I think it fits that lifestyle. Um, I wouldn't afford more time. So, yeah. yeah. With family and I think you're father of two kids. Yeah, two kids. Yeah. yeah. Two lovely kids. So, yeah. I mean, you, you got to find that 20 minutes. I think if you don't take care of yourself, it's impossible to take care of your business and your family. So. You come first. You 100%. have to be selfish in life. You do. Yeah. You do. You. <laughs> so, uh, that's it. So, that journey also led to the creation of Freaking Healthy. You know, it was just uh, that holistic lifestyle. It was important to, you know, you know, I to preach what you do, I guess. Right. So, yeah. I wanted to really take a journey uh, mentally, physically, and, and also nutrition exercise and kind of apply it. Yeah. And we're still on that journey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then fantastic doing well. I, you were doing intermittent fasting when we met. We and, did, yeah. Uh, is that something that you follow? I do, um, daily, daily practice. <clears throat> um, and again, so it's, it's a 13, 14 hour. No, I do 16, hour. I do 16. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I try to do it daily. Sometimes I have to break it, but... Um, and, and I feel I feel pretty good. I feel um, uh, more focused. And, and I think the one very practical uh, byproduct is that I'm not uh, I don't dictate my day around like lunchtime or breakfast. So I, I like my hunger doesn't drive my agenda anymore. So yeah. it's like I'm open to do anything at any time because I can sustain it for 16 hours. Yeah. And uh, it works. That's also. such a freedom. <laughs> it is, no? I want to try that. <laughs> try it. Uh, try it. Yes. I mean, read about it, research mm -hmm. it, and then try it yeah. um, a little bit. But I think the first step is, again, take a look at your pantry, clean out all that junk, and then start Whole Foods. You'll see how it, like your brain just opens up. Yeah. It's like so much junk that goes into your body. Which start with that and then move to the intermittent fasting. And uh, I'm not a physician, so consult one before yes. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the disclaimer. Yes. <laughs> do you have mentors? Um, I have. I do. I have. I think, and this might sound very cliche and cheesy, but I think um, for me, I don't have one go-to mentor, but I, I, I tend to pick up things from everybody. Um, and I, I'm, I'm very in tune with people. So like everyone teaches me something um, from all aspects. 
And I try to also stay close to people that I, I think are excelling in certain areas that I would like to also excel in one day. So it's, um, you know, my the people I hang around with are also like high performers in certain areas. So I, don't, I wouldn't say I have one specific mentor. I have many. Yeah. But I think also for me, books are great teachers. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, authors uh, spend thousands of hours, thousands writing books based on years of experience and you get to read it in a span of a week or a month that's incredible um it's so magical <laughs> underestimate you know so. i give a lot of credit to what where we are and what we do is because of the books and of course the right as you rightly said having the right company i no, think it matters sure. a lot sure. they say if you want to be fit be with people who are into sports or into fitness if you want to be rich be with the rich no no for sure so it's true Choose, choose your surroundings very carefully. 100%. And 100%, yeah. And, uh, and you'll see, you know, you create that community of, uh, what is it? Um, your closest friends, your five friends are... Yeah, your know, net worth is your yeah. five people you hang out with. Yeah. And that's important. You know, it, it, sometimes it's tough. You might want to divorce a friend, honestly, you know. Um, and it's okay. It's okay. You know, different paths, different, um, yeah, you know, evolve, missions evolve. in life. And it's fine. You know, divorce those people, but also... You know, drive yourself and get closer to people you want to be more like and emulate. It's important. A lot of them, I think also when you meditate and you're very conscious and aware, you generally gravitate towards people who are like you. Yes. Like attracts like. So. Yeah. yeah, it's true. You you give up a lot of things uh, I used to do in the past. Like, hmm, really, I used to do, you know, these things and, you know, worry about that. And now it's like um, foundation settled, you're calm and you yeah, you're right. You gravitate towards those people. You, you see them, you feel them. It's, uh, it's a nice journey. It's a nice journey, but not everyone's on that path. <laughs> Sometimes some people take longer. It's For okay sure. as well. 100%. 100%. 100%. Uh, you know, I'm sure your job is, this last few questions, uh, you have a tough, um, being an entrepreneur is a lot of, it's hard work and running a brand like Freaking Healthy, being in many countries, product development, so much. You have so much on your plate. How do you strike a life-work balance? Like you have a wife, you have two kids. Mm -hmm. um, Is it has it happened that one so, has to be sacrificed? One yeah, day? I mean, I don't think there's um, there's I, I don't really believe in balance. So I think um, I think long term there needs to be balance, but in short term you got to give one hundred percent to something, and you're gonna have to sacrifice something else. It's just how it works. I mean, you have finite time during the day. Yeah. And if you want to be high performing at anything, your relationship, your work, yourself, something else has to be sacrificed. So I really think that, you know, you do focus on something 100% at a time, but then you have to come back and make sure you pay attention to the other things that dropped. So it's more of a juggling act, um, less short term balance, more long term. So you focus on your business for, let's say, a few months, you really drive it hard, but then you have to okay, cut out family time mm. and it's going to be 100% family time. You focus on that. You know, you're not looking at your phone and answering emails and disconnected, 100% that. You want to do your holidays with your family, you focus on that. But it has to be like, it's extreme here, extreme there. Just drive it 100%. Is it possible to achieve that being an entrepreneur? Um, it is possible. If you, again, if you surround yourself with the right partners and the right support system, it is possible. If, if you tell me today, could I do it alone now? No. But that's why we have partners. That's why I decided to go because I also wanted certain areas of my life not to sacrifice. I wasn't willing to burn certain aspects of my life. So for me, it was important to bring in partners that could also take different responsibilities so we can all have a more robust lifestyle, right? Yeah. 
Very so that's awesome. a decision, yeah. What advice would you like to give to other entrepreneurs or small business owners which you wish you had received three years back when you started? That's a good question. Um, Maybe one of the biggest struggle or obstacle that you wish you knew, somebody told you. Yeah, I think um, I think I would have liked to... Um, so I'm, I'm a very... I don't know if a, perf- I don't know, a perfectionist. I think I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. I, you know, I, I like things to be done perfectly, and I think, and I'm learning it as we go. As an entrepreneur, you can't be perfect. I think you need to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And I think that's one of the pieces of advice I wish I had gotten because I was really I delayed a lot of things just to make sure they were absolutely perfect, 100% perfect before I would even consider it whether it's a launch or a supplier or a marketing program anything but i think now it's like just roll with it and 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 fix it when it's say like yeah. you know fix fix the direction or fix the the ship when you're sailing i think that's one big piece um the other one is also like um product testing i wish i'd done it sooner you know i had like a, a couple of years of r d and and uh, i guess research but i think uh it would have been good to actually test the product sooner just to bring it to market mm. Yeah, <laughs> but you learn. You learn. Yeah. yeah. You know, Jeff yeah. Bezos, uh, the Amazon team sure. were, launches their new schemes or whatever they're doing with 50% of data. They're yeah. 50% perfect before they launch the next thing, whatever they're yeah, working sure. on. That's how it has to be. Yeah. I was listening on Jay Shetty's podcast. I think he was with Brendan Brichard and, um, he was also, Jay Shetty says, Oh, I make my episode 70% perfect. And I was just thinking about us, Louis, that our, our episodes are approximately the yeah. 60 to 70% perfect. You can't yeah. be perfect. No, you, you can't. can't. You, you know, because you're always, especially if you have a per- perfectionist mentality, you're always going to think, oh, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. You know, keep There's never adding. 100%. No. No, no, no. Because there's always room for improvement, I guess. I agree. And it's more authentic if it's 70%. <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, any closing thought? Any message from the founder of Picking Healthy? Uh, uh, where can people find you? Um, so you can find us online, freakinghealthy.com or Instagram, freakinghealthyme. Um, soon we'll be also on, uh, we have our YouTube channel, also Freaking Healthy. Um, we're going to launch some new initiatives, but uh, I think my message is like, um, take the first step you know, in anything, whether it's your health journey or your new business, just that first step. I think it's the scariest, yeah. but after that first step, you'll see, um, you'll get support. People will gravitate towards you. Yeah. Yeah? Just have a positive outcome as well positive mentality awesome thank you thank, thank you, you so thank much you. it was, it was lovely having you it was a great here. conversation thank you so much appreciate thank it for time. thank you i hope you enjoyed our conversation with roy uh, if you have any questions deeply do use the comment box below and ask on any platform you're listening to i would love 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 to hear your comments your feedback you can dm me uh, on at namita ramani on instagram if you would like me to invite a particular guest or a business owner on the podcast Um, again do leave us some review if you can if you enjoyed the conversation I would love to have a review from you on any channel again I'm sorry I'm asking so much but we need some feedback to, uh, to know that we are doing right we're on the right path thank you again again for listening or watching and see you in the next episode